This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. This inability to get rid of waste and toxins, compounded by the detrimental effects of chronic stress, dehydration, and a lack of oxygen and nutrients, opens the door for sickness, disease, and other health problems to take root. This is why it's important to look at healing from a systemic level, rather than just looking at all the symptoms you're experiencing. They might have a bunch of different names and diagnoses, but at the root of all your symptoms are unhealthy cells that don't have what they need to heal and thrive. Just because you're eating healthy, drinking lots of water, or taking supplements doesn't mean that those nutrients are getting into your cells. Why? Because the cell might be too toxic to accept them. If your cells are unable to absorb the nutrients, then those nutrients just pass right through you. Cells are only as healthy as the environment they live in. If you want to get well, you have to change the state of the environment within and around your cells. They cannot heal in the same environment that made them sick. In order for your cells to start healing, you've got to understand a few important principles. This is what this episode is about. Valeria interviews Heather Creason. She is a cellular optimization specialist who helps people regain their vitality and re-engage in life after experiencing debilitating health concerns. Her goal is to help people break free from the conventional medical model of chasing symptoms and instead get to the root cause of chronic health issues they may be facing. With nearly two decades of experience in the health and wellness industry, her passion is equipping people with practical, easy-to-implement strategies so they can approach their healing process with clarity and confidence. Meet Heather at defyyourlimits.com slash detox dash debunked. Here's the interview with Heather Creason. In your own words, who is Heather Creason? I'm very surprised by who I am. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people identify, they're like, you need to be separate from your kids. But I had no idea how much fun I would have being a mother. And they have, my kids have brought me so much joy. They're the reason for getting up. They're the reason for the business that I do. And it has been a beautiful process getting to know them, uh, loving them immeasurably. And it's been a huge part of my identity that was extremely surprising. So mm. I'm a mom, I'm a body worker, um, and lots of other things, but those things have been the most meaningful in my life. Wow. How wonderful. Oh, I love to hear that. You know, the, the follow-up question that comes to mind immediately 
is, did your understanding of love change from before and after being a mother? A thousand percent. What is love to you now, Heather? How would you describe that? I don't quite know how to put it into words, but it's just endless and deep. Like you never know how much you can love mm. somebody until you have this little mm. human being who, who uh-huh. you've known from the very start. And you know so many of their intricacies and their the bits of their personality from in the womb to outside in life. And you see how that has developed on, on both sides. It's just been wonderful. And yeah, it's just an endless type of love that I have never experienced before. Wow. Yes. I can only imagine. I, I'm not a mother, but I do have a dog. I'm a pet mom. And wow, that it changed the energy around the house. It changed everything, really, I have to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know it's not even close, right? For some people, they might say, oh, it's, a, it's a similar, but not. it's not the same as a human being. Of course, he doesn't talk or anything like that. And I, have, I don't have to educate him <laughs> to be I out there. I don't know, both dogs and kids give you endless laughter and just genuine they do. laughter. It's so much fun. Yes, yes, yes. So I have an idea, I guess, <laughs> I would say. It is amazing. Love that, though. I almost want to pause in uh, contemplation to what you said. So another open question that I I wanted to ask you, but before that, let me mention the topic. We'll be discussing uh, Discover the Healing Power of Your Drainage Pathways, and you are a cellular optimization specialist. So I guess I will start there since I mentioned what you do. How did you uncover this talent? What are you doing today? What inspired you to do this? If I can be totally honest, I failed my college major. Um, I was an education major and just not good at it. And I, I had straight A's on the paperwork, but once I got into the classroom, I was terrible. And um, they looked at me and I was in my senior year and they said, you're not good at this. You're going to have to repeat your senior year. And I said, I don't want to do that. And I'd already had a background in kinesiology mm-hmm. and exercise science. So I graduated with one of those degrees. And then I took some time off. I lived in Mexico and I was like reevaluating everything. And I ended up going back to massage school because I was like, I have this knowledge. I love it. Let me give it a try. And over 16 years, this is what's developed. You don't learn everything right up front, Mm, but I've had had the best time learning. My clients, every single one of them have been my teachers. Mm. And I learned something different with every single person. And I've worked in chiropractor's offices. So you get your hands on a lot of people there. And then I've had my my own practice as well. And you work on people longer, you get to know them better. I've worked on a lot of these people for years and it's really transformed everything. And and the questions they have, the problems they have make me seek answers and ask a lot more questions. And that's how this whole thing has developed. Yes. Wow. So in a way it finds us, right? What we are meant to do in a way. It truly did. Doesn't it, Heather? Is, does it feel like a calling to you, a mission or a purpose, what you're doing, or you call it something else? Oh, absolutely. Definitely a mission and a calling in life. I don't think I would have come up with it on my own, but I feel like there's been a divine hand guiding my life into these things over the years and guiding my education, guiding me to connect with people. And as I look back, I'm like, I this has to be divine. So... Gosh, what's not to love about that? (laughs) I always bring spirituality into my conversations here. So this is a good time to ask you this question. What is the divine? How would you describe that? What is spirituality to you these days? That's a really good question. I don't know if I have the best answer for that. Um, I grew up going to church and 
and that was God. And it was a very rigid set of rules. And it, it seemed like you always had to do stuff to please him. And mm, it, and yeah. if you didn't, you're obviously sinning or you're going to go yes. to hell. All those things. <laughs> yes. And I don't, and over the years I've learned, like, that's just not God. That's not the heart of God. And And people have taught me about grace and about mercy and about how he's such a loving God. And I'm still learning and growing and changing. And I don't quite know how I define the divine, but a a power that's bigger than me, who's in control of a lot of stuff that Mm. is beyond my control, who is really aligning stuff for my good. And Mm. and not everything is good, but Mm. it can work together for good. Mm, yes. Wow. I love your wisdom. Yes. A billion times to that, uh, to that openness, right? Not everything is good, but if we look deep enough from a broader view, we can see that. Bringing those parts together to, to do something that's good for for everyone. Yeah, I have seen this type of magic happen many times. So, wow. I love that answer. And I love how genuine you are. You see, Heather, there's something about, which is being, you know, today they call it authenticity. To me, it's just very natural. It's healthy and it's natural to be, to be you, to be, to be what we are, not even who sometimes, but come from a place of truth. And even of not knowing the truth, it, there's something so refreshing about that. So thank you for being you. That in itself teaches a lot to all of us. So I guess my other open question is about the idea or the concept of being healthy. What is to be a healthy person? What is your ideas around this concept? I think it's far more than just the physical body. Health comes in our mind, in our emotions, in our relationships, even in things like finances, in our education, the ability to grow, the ability to change. And all of those things work together to create a healthy person. I see people in my practice, and if they're just addressing the physical health component, they're missing a whole lot. And and obviously, some people have had traumas in life and different difficulties, and that takes a different type of work to become healthy and to heal from that type of stuff. But all of that works together. I can see that, or, or I should say, I can feel it held in the tissues. And as people heal emotionally and mentally, all of that stuff in the tissue starts to release. In the same way, you can feel where people carry stress. And because I've known so many of my clients for so long, I know where they hold stress about their kids, about money, about work, all these different things. And it's just a process to learn how to deal with those in a healthier way and restore those relationships. Mm, yes. Wow. Relationships, connection, that's another amazing topic, isn't it? The relationship the connection we have with ourselves, with our past, with our stories, with others, with our environment. There's so many kinds, aspects of what is to be healthy. I absolutely agree. And it's not just physical. Another question that I usually ask is about healing. What would you say is the goal of healing and what are the obstacles to healing? I see the goal of healing is, is restoration of the mind, body, soul, and relationships. And that's been a big theme that I like to focus on. And again, going back to that, what is health question, just restoring people in the wholeness of who they are. Um, Some of the obstacles to healing, there are lots in, in different contexts, but as I look at people, 
I just see interference and whether that's um, interference due to toxins and toxicants that are around us or in the foods we eat or in our home, um, that could be a type of interference. The sometimes relationships can be challenging and create a lot of stress. That can be interference that's that's blocking our healing process. Um, I mean, there are so many toxic things out in the world, even uh, the pesticides on our foods and different things like that. They all block our healing process. Yes. Wow. It is not just the cause of illnesses and disease, toxicity, but also gets in the way of of healing, right? When we are trying to heal. And that is so true. So would you say that we are actually constantly healing? There's no such a thing as to be healed? I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. That's how I feel, though. I used to desire to arrive at that place, at the destination of a healed and perfect, wholesome you know, place where the body, mind, and spirit will be aligned, and then I would be happy forever, <laughs> at peace forever. But when it comes to the body, mind, it doesn't really, that's not realistic. It's, it feels to me today that it's constantly healing at so many levels, actually, the mind especially. So let me move on to another question, open question. So I think this is my last one. What do you feel is the purpose of the human experience? And actually, I want to rephrase that even. If we had, if humans had one purpose only, what would that be? I know lots of people would disagree with me, but I would really say joy. Like, again, just going back to my kids, they they want happiness. They want laughter. They want joy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just imagine, I mean, if, if the world, if everybody was joyful and happy and doing those things, just like little kids do, or the fun we have with our dogs, all of that yes. stuff, just <laughs> yes. that genuine, that peace and purity, um, that would be amazing for all of humanity to be able to experience. Uh, yes, yes, a billion times to that vision. It's a beautiful one, though, of joy. But for some reason, there's something in me that kind of resists that idea of happy, happy ever after. There's something, of course, that's the manifestation of something else from that, that comes to me as a message, which is inner peace. I think uh, before we find peace and make peace with ourselves, and I know kids don't understand that yet. Like animals, I think they don't too, because we have this very complex mind and, and brain that evolves. <laughs> it would be amazing to just stay like that as a, with the, the minds of a child, with with the mind of a child for, for the rest of our lives. But there's something about evolution, the human evolution at, at many different levels that seems like he wants us to grow, to explore more and more. So with with that, it's almost like in order to explore the fullest, at its fullest, you know, this reality we share, it feels to me like there's something about risking <laughs> to not be joyful, <laughs> not being happy all the time. And then, you know, it's, it's almost like giving us the opportunity to go into introspection and to reflect, uh, to contemplate, to become almost like there's a sense of devotion to and compassion, of course, and deep love. When Once we understand that this journey, which we call life, is not only about happiness or joy even, but there's something else here. I don't know, Heather, but it keeps coming back to me as the realization of the interconnectedness of everything, that everything is already connected. So, and we create a lot of our own suffering at the individual level and then at the collective level by kind of cultivating this sense of separation, that we are separate from one another. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's how I feel. That makes a lot of sense. 
And one thing that stuck out to me too, um, now I do, I will define joy and happiness differently, but um, one thing, like our bodies are created for stress and we typically mm. think that stress is a bad thing, but yes. stress is what helps us grow. It's challenging us. And so that can be a part of that process of joy, the struggle of getting there, the struggle of, of growth. Yeah. So there's something about that. Even biologically, we see, isn't it a butterfly that it needs to be actually in order to develop its strength? It has to go through that challenging time of trying to get rid of the, the skin around itself, its body when it's very young. So there's a lot of struggle there. And that's what it feels like in this reality, of course. I'm not, I mean, who knows that it, it must be that I'm, I'm pretty much kind of we have experienced, we, we do, and even when we dream that there are different realities, so different levels of reality. So this is not the only one from my understanding. But in this reality here, yeah, it really feels like struggle. In order to grow, it's necessary, which is not, doesn't feel joyful and happy all the time. But I guess it's keeping that in mind, having that wisdom, right, that keeps us clear with, with that sense of clarity about these things, with, with the big picture in mind. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what you do and how you do it, because what a fascinating area, topic that I think I never talked to anyone about it. So the topic is discover the healing power within your drainage pathways. So I'll ask you already that fundamental question. What are the drainage pathways? What are they? Well, it's how all the waste and toxins get out of your body. So if if people are um, struggling with different health conditions. Well, not even, this is just how it goes. You have the colon. So if you're not able to have a bowel movement, you're not able to detox. And and so people do all these fancy detoxes and yeah. whatever they find in the stores or these green drinks or something that a direct sales company is selling. And they start taking these powders and drinks and all of that. And they get really sick, like those aches and pains, flu-like feelings, headaches, they get all those detox symptoms. And sometimes they can be very severe. But how I look at that, the more severe those detox reactions are, it's like, okay, something is blocked. So you want to think of the drainage pathways as, as how everything gets out of the body. And there is an, there's a very specific order to that. So again, we start by having regular bowel movements. Then you get to the level of the liver and the gallbladder um, the liver produces bile, <clears throat> the gallbladder stores bile, the liver goes through three stages of detoxification, and bile, it, it has a lot of jobs, but it binds to toxins and carries oh, them out of the body. Right. So if you're not having bowel movements, that stuff gets backed up. But then if your liver's not functioning well, if bile is not functioning well, then that's another level that can be blocked. So above that, you've got your lymphatic system. And the lymphatic system clears out waste and toxins from within and around the cells. It works at that very deep cellular level, cleansing them and bringing everything out of the body. It takes it to the liver and the liver processes it. But the liver also produces about 50% of your lymph. So if your liver's having problems, if it has too much of a toxic load on it, you're not going to produce healthy lymph to clear you out at the cellular level. And then one part of the lymphatic system uh, is for the central nervous system, the uh, brain and the spine. And that's specifically called the glymphatic system. And it's the waste removal uh, system specifically for our brain. And so you get those brain, uh, the brain fog, you can have neurodegenerative conditions. 
And part of that is because you're not getting the waste and toxins out, but you can't clear the brain very well until you get stuff below it working. So that's that's the general concept of the drainage pathways. So if people have um, health conditions, chronic illnesses, that's a huge place to look because it's like, imagine how good it feels to deep clean your home. You dust everything, you clean all the surfaces, you take out the trash and, and fresh energy can flow in and create a really pleasant environment. But if you clean everything, if you bring in all the fancy cleaning services, if you do all of that, but you don't take out the trash, that trash is going to keep accumulating and eventually a nasty odor is going to permeate everything and your whole house will stink. So you have to be able to get the trash out. And then with the drainage pathways, you can't flush a clogged toilet. So just getting all of those working, getting everything flowing well is a huge component to healing. And that's what a lot of people miss. Yes, it makes so much sense. When I was reading the materials you sent me, it just made so much sense. I guess the, the question that comes to mind, this very naive question, I guess, <laughs> is how do we get to know, how do we recognize when we are intoxicated or oh, the body's, it's one of these levels or maybe all of them are not functioning well. And then with that, actually, I know you offer, I know that you actually have a test, is a, D, is a toxin, I think you call it, is a test kit. Yeah, test kits, right, for toxicity. Um, I have assessments that can show people if they have mold or, or the potential for mold toxicity, parasites. We do liver and gallbladder function, drainage pathway function. So there, there are quite a few on there and people can take them. Some of them are a little bit long. But it can give you a really good idea, especially if you're having a lot of mysterious symptoms pop up or if you're you're not able to heal very well from a chronic illness or any type of condition you're experiencing, there might be an underlying cause why that's happening. So for instance, people get a lot of food sensitivities and then we just end up cutting a lot of foods out of our diet, but there might be an underlying cause such as mold. Mold can create a lot of food sensitivities specifically to histamines. So like as I work on nutrition with people, yeah, we need to cut down those foods for a little bit and give the body space and margin to heal. But as the body does heal, then you're able to integrate some of those foods back in because there's less overall stress on the body and it's able to process those in a better way. But really the point is finding those underlying health conditions and underlying causes for why so many things are happening. So I don't love looking at all the symptoms yes. that come in. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose. I can't treat. But what I can do is is look to those root cause issues, help people evaluate, could this be contributing to everything I'm experiencing, right. and then move forward on a healing plan and protocol from there. Yes. How wonderful. It's just, it's very clear to me and it makes so, so much sense. Is that the first step, Heather, to get one of those test kits and then find out what's happening at a deeper level? And what's, what would be the next step then to see our doctor or you would recommend a special diet or something else? Well, um, I know I do have test kits on my website. I don't send people to, to those immediately. I send them to the assessments so they can start getting an idea of or, or opening their mind. Hey, maybe this is something that's going on that's been creating all of this stuff. Um, I'm trained to help people work through that. I have a very specific uh, training in the lymphatic system, mm. but that's not the very first thing that you address. So we just look at a person. And that's what I love about this job 
is because you get to look at an individual person, what's going on with them, what is their life like, what is adding to their health, what's taking away from their health, and you just get to look at them. And I don't have to look at what other people are experiencing. So I look at a person and we can create a plan moving forward that works for them and the the margin that they do have available to heal. Because if you're running from task to task and doing all these things at work and and running to get the kids and all of these different things, if your life is so full, sometimes there's not a huge margin for healing. So we need to find what works with a person and move forward from there. But yeah, I help people work through their drainage pathways to get those opened up. Doctors are always great to go see. There are fantastic ones who I love what they do. I know a lot of them or at least can refer out if it's not within my scope of practice to be able to do it. But I love teaching people what they can do themselves because we don't want a life where we're relying on supplements all the time or um, all of these outside modalities. I want to teach people how they can do it so they can maintain that wellness for a lifetime. Wow. Yes. I love that. Education, self-knowledge, that's crucial. So, and it's holistic too, right, Heather, from what I hear. So you're looking at, at everything, not just one thing. So the assessment is the first step to take. How amazing. I was really, when I look, I mean, I'm just reading the information. It just comes to mind immediately. Oh my God, maybe. And you look at the, because you list everything, the colon, the liver, and you, you know, the mind starts to run in that direction. Oh, maybe my liver is not doing well. Maybe my colon. I love it if you can help people simplify it. So, okay, are you having one to two bowel movement today? No? All right, let's work on your colon. And then we'll move up to your liver and see what's going on. And and it gives a very systematic way that people can plug their knowledge into. But we're, we're chasing all these symptoms. We take all these pills. We go all these different places, all these different doctors. And it gets exhausting. So if I can make it simple for people mm. to start looking through that stuff and and give them a framework, and then we can we can move forward from there. So, hey, let's identify some of these root cause issues, see if they are truly affecting you, and let's figure out how to heal. But you're you're not going to get anywhere in a healing process if you don't have the drainage pathways functioning well. Mm. And I, just because, so a lot of people will recommend like rebounding or dry brushing to improve the lymphatic system. I've had my hands on people for 16 years and I've found really incredible things being able to work with my hands on the body versus just rebounding or dry brushing or any of that. It's been the coolest experience. I've learned so much. And then I can teach people how to do it, which is the best part. Ah, yes, yes. So it's all all about self-healing from what I see. It's it's, uh, teaching the body to heal itself. I mean, you got to teach the mind first, <laughs> educate, and teach then teach the mind. The body knows yes. how to heal. <laughs> That's all true. The, ah. the body's like, "Hey, I'm telling you something yes. is wrong. I need you to listen." Yes, that's it. Yeah, thank you for the for the very much necessary correction there. Yes, <laughs> yes, teaching the mind <laughs> that the body can heal itself. That's the first step. The online course that you offer is about this: is a go with the flow, unlock the healing power within your drainage pathways. So the three steps, one, clear your drainage and detoxification uh, pathways, and then you have regulate stress, two, and then three, maximize oxygen and nutrient delivery. So talk to me about regulating stress. Um, when I talk about stress, I talk, I'm talk i referring to it in a very physiological level. 
because I'm not a mental health counselor or any of that. So I'm not dealing necessarily with the mind and emotions specifically, but physiological stress. How's your blood sugar doing? How's, um, how's your sleep doing? Because if you're not sleeping well, that's going to put your body into that fight or flight state. One of the huge things I focus on is helping people learn how to regulate their breathing, breathing patterns. That's going to regulate stress and maximize oxygen delivery to the cells. But the, the nerve that's in charge of regulating our response to stress is the vagus nerve. Um, and so I really focus on helping people learn how to take care of that. It regulates our response to stress. It regulates inflammation. It plays a crucial role in the production of stomach acid and bile. So the vagus nerve um, exits our skull kind of behind that angle of our jaw, but then it comes down. It goes to our lungs, our heart, our liver. It, it's through the entire um, gastrointestinal tract. And so if we're not paying attention to that nervous system level, we're not going to be able to regulate stress as much. But then I love, I love doing breathing work with people because you can really teach them how to start getting out of that fight or flight state, getting into a place of rest and recovery. And I know a lot of people teach on that and it's kind of popular to talk about that these days, but I mean, we breathe 15 to 20,000 times a day. So if we do it right, that can make incredible improvements in our health and well-being. And it doesn't take any extra time. One of the barriers to healing that I always find is people don't have enough time. So I not that everything is easy, but I like to find the easiest things to put in for people that they can do consistently. So stress, sleep, interesting that you speak about breathing because I always wake up and first thing I do is breathing exercise, it naturally. So it, it feels to me like I'm not breathing properly while I sleep because I almost feel the need to breathe deeper as soon as I wake up. Have you ever tried mouth taping? I heard about it, but then I became a little bit hesitant because I guess fear came in, in a sense of the concern, let's say not fear, but the concern of what about if I can't breathe through my nose and then my mouth is closed? <laughs> well, what would happen? I know you have that too under products I love. I, I, I took a look at it and I love the pillows too, they suggest. So yeah, talk to me about that because... It seems like my husband and I, both of us, have breathing problems throughout the sleep you know, period. It feels that way. I'm not sure. But is that safe to use the tape, the mouth tape? It is. Now, I have two kinds that I recommend on my website. There's one called Somnifix. I don't love that one. It's super expensive and it's, it's very adhesive and can kind of give you a panic attack if you're not used to it. Right. Um, <laughs> if, if you're prone to that, um, I am. So... I use just a surgical tape that's like $7 for a whole bunch of it. And I just put it, it's probably about, I think it's maybe a half an inch wide. So it doesn't cover your entire mouth. And I just put it up and down. So I, I can still breathe through my mouth if I want to, but it gives that neurological encouragement to, to keep your mouth closed. Mm, but yeah. if there's problems breathing through the nose, then it's like, okay, what else do we need to look at to help improve that? Is there an underlying structural abnormality? Is there some type of sinus infection? Is there a mold infection in the sinuses? And, and you know, even a glyphosate, which is Roundup, that's a huge component we're, we're breathing in all the time. It's in our water, our food, and our air. So that's obviously going to affect our sinuses. So uh, identifying that, 
or sometimes if we breathe through our mouth too much, that can create inflammation in the nasal passages. So it's just a little bit of back and forth, learning how to do that, decreasing inflammation. And and our nose is beautifully designed for breathing through it. So it it warms and moisturizes and filters the air. But yeah, if somebody's having trouble with mouth breathing um, and it's not just panic, I, yeah, I look at underlying sinus issues and what could be contributing to that. Right. Yeah. And it's not just using the tape, right? That doesn't solve the root problem. It's going deeper. Not necessarily. Deeper. Sometimes yeah. it does if people are just used to sleeping with their mouths open. Oh, it could solve? Oh, wow. That's amazing. What about snoring, Heather? Is that my husband snores and I have to wake him up because I can't sleep? <laughs> does he stop breathing as he's snoring? Yeah. Or? yeah, he snores and then he wakes up almost like in panic. Like he can't really find the air. And then he wakes up on his own a lot of times because I'm not always, I don't always wake him up. So I'm wondering if he has something called what I heard, sleep apnea. I think that's the name of the condition. Yeah. You know, a lot of people shy away from ever going to get that diagnosed because they're like, oh, I'm going to have to sleep with that huge, annoying mask on my face. But there are varying degrees of sleep apnea. And actually, a lot of dentists can make a retainer that helps you with that. So if you don't have severe sleep apnea, it could still uh, correct some of that. And it it really is depends on a person. But if you wanted, he could try that mouth taping. And then if that's not working, you start looking for different issues. Yes, that's a good idea. I would definitely let him know because I think that is getting in the way um, of his sleep. He keeps waking up one and then he wakes up tired in the morning. So that mm-hmm. might be the reason. And then stress that's in, right? Easily. Yeah, but if, if he's already uh, breathing like that, that's going to put his body in distress. And so if he can get that fixed, that's going to start at least working on that physiological stress so then he can process the rest of everything he has going on in a better way. Right. Yeah. This is a wonderful suggestion for everybody listening to this too. So he, the tape, he only, he doesn't have to close the entire mouth. It's not horizontal, but vertical, right? Yeah, I just put it over the center of my lips in a vertical strip. And then I think that the tape, you can get it at CVS, at Walgreens, at all these places. It's a, a surgical tape and it comes off easily. And then you'll have space on either side of that tape to breathe through your mouth if you get anxious or if, or if it feels weird. Uh, sometimes one of the reasons I don't like the full mouth tape is for the purposes of sneezing. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. awful to sneeze with yeah. a full thing of mouth <laughs> tape on. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. And it, it sure. oh, it's horrible. I can't wake up in the middle of the night and get it off fast enough. So yeah. I like to use the tape that gives you margin on either side of your lips. Yes, I like that idea. So I'll definitely pass that on to him and see how it works. I'll let you know in the future. For sure. So the other key components, right, for detoxing the body. So the third one is maximize oxygen and nutrient delivery. So how do we do that? Well, the very first thing you can do to maximize that oxygen delivery, first, you're breathing through your nose, and then you can slow down your exhale. So what I recommend for people is inhale for about a count of four, and then exhale for a count of eight or whatever's comfortable for you. That might be too much or too little, but that's going to change the way that oxygen is delivered to your cells. So if we're breathing too quickly, if we're breathing through our mouth, that actually puts us into a chronic state of hyperventilation. 
we get too much oxygen in our bloodstream and not enough carbon dioxide. And, and one of the things people teach us that carbon dioxide is a waste product, but it's the primary driver of our breath because it is needed to dilate the capillaries so oxygen can actually get into our cells. So regulating your breathing is not just for mind and emotions and calming down. It's a very physiological thing that will change you at that deep cellular level. Mm. And in the, we need oxygen to heal. Yes, that's we can't heal crucial. Without it. Yeah, that's crucial. Um, yes, that's not, well. That's we know. And if we can't breathe, we can't live. Right? We just the body won't be here anymore. But there's something else that I wanted to mention, if you don't mind. I have been. Well, I didn't know about this, so I have been interviewing people about it just recently, about two or three people, about hydrogen water. Have you tried or do you know anything about hydrogen water and what can it do at, at a cellular level and how if it can detox the body somehow? I was just, I just found out about that. Somebody just referred, uh, sent me the product. I don't have a good answer yet. I'm going to try it out first and see how I feel. They, they say they get more energy. They get more um, mental clarity. They say it, it feels like it helps them detox a little bit. Um, but before I give any recommendations, I'm going to try it for myself. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's always, always, always a, a great, I mean, the best idea, right, Heather, to try ourselves. Yes, I have been trying and it is very interesting because at the first time I, I had it was, I didn't feel well, actually. It's almost like as you described earlier about when we are in the first stages of detoxing, we don't feel well. And then, and then it got better the next day it was so much better. So I don't know. It's hard to tell, though. I take supplements too. Not too many, but I do take some supplements. So I don't know really what works. Kind of hard to tell. Maybe I should just kind of take one thing at a time and see how I feel. It might be a better idea. But you did mention earlier about supplements that it's not really needed. or It's not something that we, sh we should rely on all the time, right? Well, I, ideally, we don't want to be relying on tons of them for the rest of our lives. I think there are certain ones, though, that we're going to need just because our world has changed. Our, our soils are depleted. We, there's a lot of toxicity out there that people weren't dealing with 50 and 60 years ago. Um, there was a lot more, there were a lot more farmers and homegrown food without as much pesticides. The soil had more nutrients in it. So I think some supplements we will need to take, but it, when I first help people start their healing protocols, there are a few more supplements because um, we use binders, which you need specific binders to bind to the toxins and help them get out of the body. Um, there are tons of different ones you can use. They're fantastic. And we don't need them forever. But if you're if you're actively working on detox and healing and getting those drainage pathways open, then you will need some support from supplements. And also, if you're trying to heal from uh, those deeper root cause issues, you're going to need a lot of supplements in the beginning. But um, hopefully, as your body heals, you can get off of those. Your body is is healing from those. Like mold takes a lot of supplements to heal from in the beginning, but then as your body becomes more resilient and capable, it it gets a lot better, and you don't need so many. Right. Uh, so okay. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because I was just kind of under the impression that I was taking too many multivitamin, omega-3, the B12, complex B, I really like that too. Yes, so that's good. It makes me feel good that I'm not having too many of them. 
Um, so let's see. We are almost at the end, Heather. Been wonderful to talk to you. Let me see if I have. I have other questions to you. I guess they are not only questions; they are also information that I found, notes that I made from the materials that I read. You mentioned earlier about detoxing. That there's a difference between the conventional way of detoxing and so drainage and detox. They are completely different. They are different things. They are not the same. That's what you've been actually, the conversation has been about. What is, this is very important to understand because it, it felt to me, I remember many years ago when I was in the fitness industry and all that stuff, that it was about detoxing. It was about actually not adding toxins to the body in the first place. And then I really worked on eating clean and all that. But then I realized that the, the air was full of toxins and environments that I was in and people, I could just be contaminated by being in contact with other people. So, and that was just went down the drill. The, the idea of detoxing by not adding toxins. So the toxins automatically was being added. So I guess for everyone out there, what is your message? Because there are so many people, even around me, who still believe that juicing is the way to go. My husband does that too. So what is your suggestion? Like, because it feels very, that we are doing something healthy, right? By juicing, having the, those fresh green juice every day. Is that something that we're just wasting our time and money uh, and energy by doing that? Or it somehow helps us to detox as well? I think this is very person dependent because some people get great benefits from that. One of the problems I find when people are doing a lot of those green juices if they're sensitive to oxalates, which are in a lot of those green things, it can have an adverse health effect for them. And so they might need to cut it out and go on a low oxalate diet or an oxalate free diet. Other people thrive with it. But like the stuff you get at Costco and Publix, all those green drinks, those are just a sugar rush. <laughs> yes. But then the other thing, and I don't I don't want to make people afraid of of food or the air and water. We can't. We need those things. But when we're eating tons of vegetables and juicing, unfortunately, a lot of our um, soil and food and water that's been contaminated by all those pesticides. So we think we're doing something healthy and and it's still adding toxins to the body. So learning how to strategically detox from those things and like get the glyphosate out of your system, it takes a little bit, but um really finding the stuff that works for you. So I think some people do great on all those juice cleanses, but when you're when you're doing a juice cleanse, you still have to remember the drainage pathways and make sure that you're taking that load off in that way. But you're so right. The the biggest thing is making sure we're not putting that stuff into our body in the first place. And it's hard these days. I mean, you have so much air pollution and all of that, but the best we can do um and there are a lot of product swaps you can make, um, even just eliminating uh, fragrance candles and those little plugins in your wall, that can make a huge difference. Or switching laundry detergent. Um, there's so many positive things you can do to reduce the toxic load that your body has to process in the first place. And then you open up your capacity for healing. Mm, yes, a billion times to that. I love those suggestions. Yes, it's actually addressing what we can control, right, Heather? I know we cannot mm -hmm. control the environment and the air and all that. But yes, what we can control, that's a beautiful, beautiful message and suggestion for everyone, including myself. 
Thank you so much again for what you do and how you do it. Thank you for being so genuine and generous. Thank you, Heather, for being you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wow. So the ending questions, I want to actually, before I ask you the ending questions, I want to mention the courses, online courses that you offer. The five-minute transformation challenge is one of them. And then you have kick COVID to the curb. And then you have the go with the flow, which is the one that we talked about today. You also offer a free discovery call. That's also good to know. And then again, you have those test kits available there on your website and the products you love, which includes the pillows. I love the pillows there and the tapes. So another question before I ask you my ending, ending questions is, do you see your clients online? Do you offer remote and in-person services or only in-person? Oh, no, I've, I've started working with people online. It was kind of hard to figure out um, how to take a hands-on industry and put it online, but yeah. I, I finally have figured it out and just in time. So yes, I love working with people online. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's very good to know. Okay, so in-person and also online. And then before I ask you the ending questions, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid? I think you asked so many good questions that we got it covered. This uh, was fantastic. It was fun. Yes, I feel the same way, Heather. And then uh, let's see the ending questions. I have too many here, so I have to choose them. I'll ask you this one. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? You know, before I had kids, I would have told you success was more related to, to money. Um, but now I think success is freedom. And part of that comes financially, but it's like the freedom to to be with my kids, the freedom to um, invest in relationships and the, the freedom to increase my education. And all of those things are successful to me. Money is the means by which you do that. But um, success has really become a lot more, but it's, it's very focused on my kids and um, spending more time with them. But then as I, as I work with clients too, that success is seeing them start healing and being able to re-engage in their lives, being able to re-engage with their families and in their work. And that is so meaningful. And I love that part of this job. It's, it's not just the work I do, but seeing them be able to re-engage in life, that's, that's success to me. So. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Wow, I absolutely love your wisdom. Um, yeah, it's timeless to me. <laughs> the heart opens. <laughs> it's truly beautiful. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yes, that uh, resonates with me deeply. My, end, my last question is this one. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they die, before they lose the body? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I think for them to experience true laughter and joy, um, for them to experience what the body is truly capable of when you give it the right things to function. And who knows where that goes? When you feel good, you can do amazing things. People do amazing things when they don't feel great. So <laughs> true. imagine what you can do when you feel great. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so true. So, so true. Wow. Yes. Uh, did you say the th um, was two and three? Well, I didn't say the third one. Okay, yes. I don't know, maybe doing something scary and realizing they won't <laughs> die. Skydiving, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That's a really good question. I'd have to think about that for longer. Yeah, that's interesting. I have heard that before too. Something that scares you. Yes, yeah, somebody has said that here. 
Uh, it has been wonderful. Thank you so much again, Heather. I love, love, love how genuine you are, how natural. <laughs> Just coming from a place of truth, your own truth, um, a place of knowledge, of course. And I love how you started the conversation talking about your children and then you ended that way as well, pretty much. So it's truly beautiful to see that. Humans kind of uh, uh, experiencing what really matters, <clears throat> which to me in the top of the pyramid would be love, unconditional love, deep love, connection, right? It's kind of similar. So thank you for the inspiration. Thank you so much again. Oh, thank you so much. And before we say goodbye for today, where's the best place to find more information about you? I know I have the website here, but please um, say that again. And also if you, if you are on social media, I would love to know. Okay. It's um, www.defyyourlimits.com. And if you go to the resources page, you'll find all the stuff I do. So um, you can start with those assessments and move forward from there. Ah, uh, yes. So I'll have the website on the podcast profile, on the podcast page. Thank you again for your presence and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Heather Creason and her work, please visit defyyourlimits.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>